You're listening to episode 47 of the We Got the Runs podcast. In this episode, we'll talk about running a sub three hour marathon with Emily Morley. Welcome to the We Got the Runs podcast. I'm your host, Letty Lundquist, and I invite you to join me as we talk about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make every run a good run. Hey runners, welcome to episode 47. How is it going, Ryan? You got new running shorts and running socks for your birthday. Does that inspire you? Um, <laughs> Having time off would inspire me. Well, you got some of that coming up soon too. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about not what I promised, which was the course review of the RRCA Roadrunners Club of America Level 1 certification. I haven't finished writing up this podcast. So what do we want to talk about today? Running quick marathons. Yes. Ching, ching, ching. So we have a couple of interviews coming up in my Runspiration series with some sub-three-hour marathoners. And I did these interviews because one, I wanted to shine some light on them. And two, because I find it fascinating how other people live that accomplish great goals. So I, with that, I mean that it's, it's always that we can learn something from other people. And even if we don't like other people or we don't like what they did, we can still learn what not to do. Does that make sense? <laughs> hopefully you don't like, hopefully it's not that you don't like a lot of people. <laughs> It's better to like people than to not like people. Well, I didn't mean that. I just meant, you know, we can learn from good and bad habits. From good habits, we can learn how to try to implement them into our lives. And if we see bad habits, we can manifest what we don't want to do. Oh, okay. I get it. All right. So anyhow, so for these Runspiration interviews, I picked sub three hour marathoners because they're the fast of the fast without tapping into the elite runners. And the reason being is that I wanted to talk to fast people that are not professional runners, or at least not yet. Maybe they'll become that in the in the future. But while I find professional runners interesting, it's not realistic for us everyday runners to try to adapt to their habits because we don't have the same lifestyle. We don't get the same amount of sleep. We don't get the massages that they get, recovery time, time to do double runs and all that stuff. So I figured uh, starting with sub three runners is elite enough for us average runners. Now you make me wonder how elite runners sleep differently than the rest of us. Well, I think they just have time to get a lot more rest than we do. You know, people have to go to work and they've got families and things going on that they have to take care of. And if running is your job, you just have a lot of time to dedicate to running and resting. That's true. So I picked the first one. Her name is Emily Morley. I know her from this group on Facebook called the Boston Buddies. Uh, she posts frequently and when she posts a picture of her running, a little report or, you know, screenshot of her Strava workout and then her splits to whatever she did. And she posts all her runs, not just the fast ones. So it's not like she's bragging about how fast she can run. And when you look at her, she looks really good and you think, oh, she's one of the lucky ones. But then you come to find out that she has three kids. So it's pretty intriguing. Managing time and still running fast. And Ryan, guess what the kicker is? What? 95% of her runs are done on a treadmill. 
which I think is absolutely mind-boggling. And it actually reminds me of the parody by Colin Hayes that we had on our episode last week. All her workouts are pure As she's running on a treadmill to nowhere In the health club she's dry As it's raining outside But you know she's surrounded by weirdos <laughs> And while this parody is super funny, I think Emily is extra tough for doing all these miles on a treadmill. So I would guess that she lives in a cold climate then, or somewhere where she doesn't get a chance to get outside. She lives in that state that starts with a U and ends in T-A-H. <laughs> Utah? Yes, however you pronounce that. <laughs> this is your English is your second language, right? So this is ESL, the podcast it makes it, for makes ESL. It more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what do you think are some benefits of running on a treadmill versus running on the road? I think treadmills are softer than running on the road, so they have usually they have some cushion or something in them. So it's in addition to what you might have in your shoes, they probably provide a little more, a little less impact to the joints. What do you think about mental benefits of running on a treadmill? I think um, for the right person, they can get distracted by a treadmill because you could watch a show or TV or something like that. So, And not everyone enjoys being outside. So some people that might get distracted would then be able to run or tolerate more running than they would normally. I feel like it's the opposite for a lot of us, and we call it the dreadmill. I don't, I mean, I like being outside, so you don't have to convince me that either. So here's what I think. I think by running on a treadmill, you probably become mentally tougher because it's just really easy to turn it off when you feel like it's too much. Whereas with a run, you're outside and you have to somehow get back to your house or your car or whatever it be. Yeah, so you probably have, I don't know, you have more uh, commitment in outside runs, but... Potentially more, more distraction in a, in a treadmill run. I don't know. I mean, I guess just because of the TV thing and stuff, I guess, nowadays. Otherwise, I think if you imagine running a treadmill without entertainment or... I mean, some people read books and stuff too, or magazines, I guess. Those could also qualify. That's got to be really hard, though, to focus on that just with your eyes because you're kind of bouncing when you're running. Yeah, I tried to kind of study before, but it is difficult But two people do it, so maybe it takes some practice. Yeah. So she must be doing something right. So without any further ado, here is my interview with sub-three-hour runner Emily Morley. All right, so I'm here with Emily Morley. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. So I wanted to talk to you about everything that you do. You run so fast and we follow you on Facebook and Instagram. So I want to start at the beginning. Can you maybe perhaps start by talking to us and giving us a little bit of information about yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Emily Morley. I am from Utah. I've been there since I was 11. I was born in Russia before, so I lived in Russia for 11 years and born and raised there. I have a great boyfriend that treats me right, Marty Clark. So it's uh, it's perfect. I can't be any happier and I love running. I'm not working still, just uh, 
taking it chill and uh, uh, and taking care of the kids and living life at the moment and running away. And uh, I started running seriously after my third kid because uh, I realized that I actually liked it then. <laughs> yes. So it hasn't been that long. How old are your kids? Uh, my kids are um, almost eight, six, and one just turned four uh, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And just yeah. to um, put this into context, how old are you right now? I am 31. So you started running kind of beginning 20s and then took it more serious after your third child was born. And then can you tell us about your running yeah. journey? Uh, when did you start signing up for races and um, how did your races turn out in the beginning? So my first marathon, I uh, I was dared to do it. So it was just whatever. It was one of those that you hear where you don't train and then you can't walk for months after. Uh, so that one really didn't count. It was in 2012 Salt Lake City Marathon. And uh, somebody told me I couldn't do it. So, of course, I sign up and I do it with no training because <laughs> I did not care for any form of exercise at the time. Uh, I just uh, I was just barely married and I life was good and I didn't care to <laughs> that I was getting fat and all that. So it was great anyway. So uh, but then uh, and so I didn't run again after that until 2016 after our, my second baby. I started getting heavier and I decided to run a marathon again to just to lose the weight though. Uh, and then after the, uh, I had another, I had my last third baby and that's when I'm like, I really need to get serious and losing weight. Cause it didn't work the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's really hard to imagine because you, you know, you're pretty skinny. So, uh, I, uh, I, I run a lot now uh, and I cross train as well to be a strong runner. So it helps a lot. But yeah. back then I gained 60 pounds with almost every kid each. So I, I loved, I, I got really big. Just for people that don't know you because they can't see you, you probably weigh around 120 pounds now. So that's really hard to imagine that you gained a third of your body weight and had a hard time losing it. Yes. So then you went from, um, what was the time for your first marathon? Um, my goal was actually to get under four hours because the dare was that I couldn't do it under four hours. And Salt Lake City Marathon is actually hard. It's a harder marathon. There's lots of hill, lots of rolling hills. And the last half a mile is all uphill. And I ended up doing four flat literally flat. Uh, I walked the last, I walked so much the last, <laughs> uh, up that hill. My friend had to drag my ass up that hill, like <laughs> literally, <laughs> uh, anyway. And so, yeah, it was literally four hours flat four zero zero. <laughs> That's pretty good for an untrained marathon so. though. Yes, it was more of a, a, a adrenaline and trying to prove to people that uh, you don't have to train for this. <laughs> so yes. with that in mind, tell us how you went from your quote unquote slow four hour marathon to your PR, which is a sub three marathon. Um, so my 
sub three marathon was my fifth marathon total. And so between my first one and my, the three in between, uh, I realized that with proper training, uh, that you can totally, um, I, I had the speed cause I, for my fourth, uh, for my third marathon, I was training for a three thirty, and I ran at three thirteen. So I knew I, um, if I followed a program, I could do it. And I followed a program for the three thirty marathon, just a just one off internet that I found for free, and I just followed it. And uh, anyway, and then yeah, and I ran at three thirteen instead of three thirty. So and I was trying to, I still didn't know about Boston at the time, and so when. I crossed the finish line and they told me what I did. They're like, you're going to go to Boston. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm like, I'm just here in Utah. <laughs> I'm not from Boston. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that is so crazy. I'm, like, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole foods market. So you're mentioning training is what made this experience um, different. Can you talk to us a little bit about this training? Um, did you literally just follow an internet plan? No, not for the sub three. For a sub three, I actually did have a coach. Uh, I found him off Facebook and he offered to, um, he wrote, he was reading my Uh, a post and he realized that I was going to try. So he offered to coach me. Uh, and he's like, I can get you there because I am very good follower. I, <laughs> I read something and I will give my best to hit whatever it sets. So me making something up, I'm not very good on the wing on the what, whatever that word is. But anyway, I'm really good at following a program. So I did exactly as he said, what he said, And yeah, it got me to a sub three exactly on the first try and everything. Yeah, it was great. That's awesome. So <laughs> let's dive into that one. So what did your typical week look like? So just like with a lot of runners, he liked the 80-20 rule where most of my, uh, he, he taught me about strides. So I didn't know anything about that. Mondays were always around nine, 10 miles with six strides at the end. Tuesdays was always speed work. Wednesday was always easy. And Thursday was always easy. Uh, Friday, if I had an easy long run, Friday was a tempo run uh, with, uh, or if I had a hard long run, Friday was always easy as well. So I would, I was running about 65 to 75 miles a week. I topped at 75 because with my three kids at the time I was still married. So I had my kids all the time. And so I told them I didn't want to do more than a certain amount. And I would get up at four, three or four AM to get them done before all my kids woke up at six. So then that way, um, got it all in, you know, if you want it, you go get it. <laughs> 
That's so true. That's totally true. So let's talk about your mindset in that case. With your lifestyle, is that basically how you make things happen? You know that you want something and you make the sacrifices for it? Yeah, I totally 100% believe that. Because uh, for me, every day, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Like this time around, just this week, I had my kids even longer, which is awesome. But It's just, it's exhausting, you know, 24-7 and with spring break, there's no school. So you're just tired and you, yet you still, you know, if you want it, you just don't think about it. I just can't think about how tired I am. You just get up, get on that treadmill and you just go, you just go. You just, because if you start overthinking of how tired you are, you definitely not going to get it done. So yes, if you want it, you will do it. If you want it bad enough, you will get your ass out of bed and get get her done before you realize how tired you actually are. (laughs) I completely agree with the statement. That's the reason I run very early. The only one thing I can't wrap my brain around what you do is the treadmill running. I have done three miles in my entire life of running on the treadmill (laughs) and that's the max. Um, I have set out to get on the treadmill to run five miles before. And then I told myself, (laughs) I'll just turn this into a three mile sprint because I cannot stand it. It is so boring. (laughs) I will put clothes on and run in the ice cold weather, or I'll basically run naked outside in the heat right now in Florida but I just can't do the treadmill. How do, you, <laughs> how do you do the treadmill? So for, so the way, uh, so I didn't have a choice. My, uh, my ex-husband, there's a reason he's an ex now. <laughs> the only option I had, if I wanted to run was the treadmill, like a hundred percent. My sub three marathon, I trained 95% of it on a treadmill. Uh, every, I think I only did one long run outside and maybe a couple of speed runs outside and it's still, now I'm running a little more outside, but I, I prefer the treadmill over outside. It's my comfort zone. I feel comfortable on it. I know I can hit the paces. And so I love, I love the treadmill. I really (laughs) absolutely love it. For years, that's all I, that was my only option. And now it actually scares me to run outside, tempo runs and all that, because I'm afraid I'm not going to hit that. Like, so it's weird. It's all in my head. And uh, yeah, I, but I absolutely prefer running on a treadmill over outside. (laughs) So when you're running your hard run on your treadmill and it gets really hard or when you're close to finishing, let's say you're doing a, a, you know, all out long run. And yes, you're about 0.7 miles from home or you are at home for you. How do you keep yourself from stopping? Because if (laughs) I were at home and something gets super, super hard, I would stop. The reason I'm finishing the run is because I know, okay, my car is not here. I have to get to my car. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's more of like, I want, so like, like before I have my mindset on a sub three marathon, you know what I mean? I want it and I'm going to get it. And then uh, in my head, I will not get it. If I stop when it's hard, I'm like, progress will not be made. If you stop when it's hard, it's all in your head. And so for me, it, yeah. And in my head, I always just, while I'm running hard and I'm dying, I'm like, this is where you improve. This is where you improve. And I just repeat it over and over. I just tell myself that 
uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't, it's not an option for me unless I necessarily have to stop. I won't stop until I'm done with what I got on to do. Okay. All right. So next time I cross the treadmill, I might give another shot. <laughs> Although I don't know, <laughs> I'll probably just avoid the gym altogether, but okay. So for you that loves treadmills and you travel a lot, do you have a preference in what type of treadmill? Is there a difference um, just for the listeners that live in colder weather or are like you where they can't really leave the house due to small children or whatever? Um, I got my treadmill I have, I have for free. So <laughs> I got for free. So I, there's no preference. I have a pro form and I really do like it a lot, but I, no, I don't have a preference. I'm not, I haven't run on those fancy Nordstruck, whatever it's called, treadmills. Uh, I don't know how those feel, but I'm sure I would love them more. But that's why I stay with, I actually go with the crappy treadmills on the, at the gyms. So that way I don't, I don't want something nicer. I stay with the crappy because that's what, not that I'm saying my treadmill at home is crappy, but I, it's a, it's on a low end and I want to make sure I still like it when I come home. <laughs> oh man. I had, I had no idea. I figured you'd have like a state of the art treadmill. I don't have a screen or anything. It's just one of those, you know? <laughs> so what do you look at when you're standing on your treadmill? Yeah. Uh, I watch Netflix. So I watch movies when I run easy or long, uh, long runs, easy, long runs. And then if it's hard, I have playlists. I have different playlists. One's harder, rap, country from everything. If I need to stay easy and I don't want to watch a movie, I have a very boring one where it doesn't pump me up whatsoever. It's just uh, so it's just different playlists for different workouts type thing. So Wow. That's yeah. super interesting. All right. But mostly Netflix. Netflix. Okay. <laughs> but it's uh, nice. Cause like when I, when I have my kids, it's only kids shows. So it's awesome. I get to watch mommy show. I get to watch mine. So I'm, I always get excited to get on the treadmill because I get to watch it. <laughs> my show. <laughs> you don't find it hard to watch something when you're running. I'm a pro at that too now. You know, I can, I can do that. With, it doesn't bother me. I think I'm just used to it. You just made laser focus in and uh, read those subtitles. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So moving on from the treadmill, what about your nutrition? Whenever you were coached to do your sub three, did you have a coach that told you about nutrition or was that kind of left up to you? Yeah, that was a hundred percent up to me because my coach was for free. So it was just more of like, he gave me a schedule, you know, if I had questions, I would ask him, but that's as far as my coaching went with that. A lot of people will get on here and tell like, oh, I have whole wheat, everything. I eat white bread, <laughs> white rice, white pasta. I eat carbs, a hundred percent white. <laughs> I cannot handle wheat. I can't, uh, my fruits and vegetables are very low key. <laughs> I take lots of vitamins <laughs> to supplement with all that. But I literally just eat carbs, uh, bagels to whatever's white. I will eat it. I just use what I have and it works really well. So uh, my body's used to it. And so I, I have no, and I love, I love white bread. I love white pasta and I'm going to 
keep eating it because <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love this. I love that you're super honest about it. And I like that you show us that really everything that we can make happen is because of your strong mind and not, I mean, I'm sure nutrition has its value. I'm sure you don't eat super crappy all the time, but your body gets what it needs out of whatever you feed it and makes it work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like on my, so on Sundays, I will actually very clean. I will eat. And that's like, I have two days a week where I will eat no carbs because I have easy runs for the next couple of days, uh, if that makes sense. But five out of seven days, I really do just eat whatever I want. But I do give myself two days to clear my system out from all that Uh, from all the hard carbs I do put in and helps me. Um, so anyway, but Sunday's one of those days where I do actually, it's actually one of the days that I can actually clean and be okay with it. Because after a long run, I don't ever feel good. And so it takes me a while to get back into it. So um, yeah, it's weird, but it works. So other than Sundays, I eat white carbs. Because <laughs> you need it. If people always are like, eat what, you know, eat this little, eat this. I'm like, there's no way you can improve running if you don't have enough nutrition in you. Uh, and so, and I've definitely gotten better. The more I eat, the better I do. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. You need the fuel because how many miles are you running a week right now? Uh, I'm up to, I'm back up to almost 70. So, cause I'm in the peak of training for a marathon on May 1st. So which one's that? Yeah. I'm doing a Rebel Lim limited edition Rebel Wasatch in Utah. Okay, and what's your goal for that? Um, three hours and ten minutes. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> you know, if everything goes well, I absolutely would love to try for a sub three. But I, it's my first marathon back, so I don't want to give that pressure. I want to just go in it to enjoy it and um, find the love of marathon running again. But, you know, I have been working my ass off on that treadmill and I've been hitting everything I need to for sub threes. So it's just like, you know, if it happens, I will definitely give it all if everything goes well. But my goal is still three hours and 10 minutes. So if something does go off and my wheels fall off, I will still be happy with it. So okay. that's what I need mentally. Yes. If that makes sense. It makes okay. complete sense. Yeah. You don't want to put it out there. You don't want the pressure. Um, and then you have a fall race. I'm assuming it's going to be Boston. Uh, yes. Yeah. I have a 30 because of my sub three, I have over 30 minute cushion. So I, I do have a confliction on Boston marathon. So there's a possibility I won't be able to, I have my kids that week. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll have to find your babysitter because I'm sure everybody wants to see you do Boston. All right. So, um, any tips for people that are trying to get faster and I'm not talking sub three, what are your three tips for people that are trying to get faster? Well, number one, uh, I always people, you have to have goals that, you know, you will be able to achieve, you know, you can't run a four hour marathon and I want to do a three thirty all of a sudden, uh, you definitely have to, um, 
you have to take baby steps. We're just like with anything you have to, if you want to run at three 30, go for three 35 first before you try and hit three 30. Uh, and then, um, if that makes sense, does that make sense? Ideal goals. You have to have ideal goals or you will never be able to hit your paces. You will never be able to enjoy running, uh, because you will always be discouraged that you never hit your paces. Another uh, cross training is very important. I, uh, that is one thing I am very strong at now. I will cross train four or five times a week core almost daily. If you have a strong core, you will definitely run better. If you have a strong booty, you will run, run better. (laughs) So I recommend doing two times legs, lower body and twice upper body and abs almost every day. (laughs) That's just me though. And it works. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I guess we can take from our conversation that your last tip is um, don't be crazy about nutrition or sticking with these rules that we impose. Exactly. Enjoy it. Enjoy running. Love it. Find your love for it. And eventually speed will come with it. Uh, But don't listen to your body. Everybody says, if you're tired, go slow or take you know, turn down the miles or if you feel good, do a little more, uh, but just love it. If you love it, everything comes naturally after that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and then for people that want to follow you, how can they find you? Oh, on Instagram, I'm blonde runs 26.2. That's all I do actually. And then the Boston, Boston buddies page on Facebook. It's amazing. And you get so much support. Like, love it. Marty Clark and Vince Varallo and Malka Young are the people on there and Catherine Ergen. And they literally will support you till you die. Anyway, Boston Buddies. They're amazing. They, they're the ones that kept me going with my divorce and everything and my running Uh, that's the only thing that page was the only thing in there, uh, and people supporting me and I've never even met most of them are the ones that kept me going with my running through my two years that were hell on earth for me. Uh, anyway, that page is fantastic. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Emily. Thanks again, Emily, for coming on and talking to us. And what can we learn from her? That's the big question, right? Yeah, hopefully people will take away some tips or be able to change their habits to, you know, get better and faster. Right. So besides her three tips to run faster, which I'm going to reiterate, number one is have realistic expectations and goals. Number two, cross-training is important. And number three, find your love for running and sweet will come with it. Here is what I learned from talking to her that we can implement um, into our lives. So number one, having a positive mindset. So when I say positive mindset, I mean being realistic, but also being happy with what you have. So Don't be miserable running because this is something that we choose to do. If you're able to get up in the morning or choose to go running, then you should do that with a smile. We do run with a smile. So you follow your advice. Well, I'm enjoying my runs, right? Yeah. 
So another thing that I learned from my conversation with her is, and that's something I totally agree with, is to not overanalyze things. There's so many different tips for nutrition, training, shoes, gear, articles on how the weather can affect your runs and hyponutremia and hypernutremia. Um, yeah, you name it. So basically... What she boils it down to is just, again, hard work. That's something that my coach does too. So my coach is from an era when there were no crazy fancy running shoes. My coach ran in the 80s and he ran really fast. And um, could he have been faster if he would have had all the nutrition and different shoes? I believe so. But I also think that he just worked hard at it and got what he got for that reason. The fact that there's a very small amount of difference between marathons then and now proves that a lot of it is hard work and a little bit's technology and other things and diet and knowledge and that stuff. Because there's only a nine minute difference between his fast time and like the world record time now. Yeah, he ran a 209 in the 80s and the record now is a 201. Why do you think that Runners in the 80s weren't as fast as runners now. Do you think that's all technology or that's uh, how we developed as runners or coaching strategies? Well, all of that falls into technology, right? Because like coaching strategies, it's just the information, you know, with technique, with video, with like you were alluding to diet and nutrition and and equipment being shoes, all that stuff factors into probably the increase in speed or the decrease in time but it's a relatively small percentage of the total so for the engineer and me i have to i had to calculate it and so it's about seven percent of a two-hour marathon difference and if you consider the Na nike vapor flies what are they the four percent they were percents. called four percent in the beginning yeah. so assuming that he's just as fast as the fastest person now which he didn't win he wasn't the number one person at the time either he was really close but he, he was a minute away from it yeah so if you think that he's equivalent to the fastest person now and that's seven percent then you take away the nike vaporfly four percent and then then you've only got three percent left so all that technology all that information from the 80s to now has only gained us three percent that's crazy and you know the funny thing is that he was telling me um for his Boston, I guess the year before he won or got, came in second in Boston was 209. He was really close. And I think at mile 22, he just got tired. And I was asking him about nutrition. He said, Oh, he was trying to run fast. So he didn't drink any water for that fast race at all. It's kind of crazy. That is crazy. I wonder what will happen in the future too. I mean, maybe we'll make even bigger advancements at some point where we can get significantly faster for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe our kids will like laser beam themselves to the end of the finish line and whoever can do that faster wins. Oh, it takes away a lot of the exercise benefits that we were talking about earlier and the hard work. It kind of, kind of just ruins your whole podcast, really. <laughs> That's true. They won't have podcasts anymore back in It'll just future. be different. It'll be a podcast. It'll just be like how to laser yourself forward. Yeah. <laughs> Tele and teleport, of, maybe. Yeah. And it'll be telepathy instead of podcasting. <laughs> so that's all a lot of food for thought. And I think, again, what it all boils down to is that it's kind of not mind over matter, but 
physically, we're all pretty close, can be close, we can get better, but we do have to have a really, really strong mind and that makes all the difference. All right, so I hope you guys got something out of value from this interview with Emily. And if you'd like, follow her on Instagram. And until next time, have a great week of running. Bye. Thanks for listening. For training tips, previous podcast episodes, and fun merchandise for runners, please check out our website at wgtr.us. That's wgtr.us. And as always, have a wonderful week of running.